We're going to be reading a parable called the Parable of the Talents. And though Jesus is talking about money in this parable, he's also talking about something deeper. He's talking about your whole life. So as we read this, see if you can determine what he is saying to you at this point in your life. For it will be as when a man going on a journey called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not winnow. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sowed and gather where I have not winnowed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to he who has ten talents. For to everyone who has has more will be given, and he will have abundance. But from him who has not, even what he has will be taken away, and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. There men will weep and gnash their teeth. May the Lord bless to our hearts and our minds this reading of his word. I look back in my records, my files, uh, to the last time that I preached on this particular parable, this text. It was uh, 10, 000, 10 years ago, <laughs> 10 years ago, in October of 2008, a couple of weeks after the stock market crashed. It was a terrible time to be talking about investing money and uh, doing those kind of things. I remember, remember those days? Remember that, how terrible that was? I had uh, a friend who's in the uh, financial investment business say to me, Bill, when your statement comes, don't even open it. Just take it over and drop it in the trash. You're going to need some patience to wait this kind of thing out. It does take patience, doesn't it, when you have uh, invested things. Patience is an important part of any sort of investment strategy. I uh, heard the story of a man who returned to his old neighborhood where he used to live 20 years ago. And he went to the house that he used to live in, and he did what many of us have done before. He knocked on the door. He introduced himself to the current owner. Um, turns out it was the people who had 
who had bought the house all these years later, and they invited him in, and the owner said, hey, you know what? You left a box of stuff up in the attic. Let me go get it and give it to you. And so he's given a box of stuff, and in the box was the claim check for a shoe repair. And it turns out that, that he had taken his shoes in to be repaired, but in the chaos of moving, he had never gotten around to getting those shoes. So 20 years later, he thought he'd have a little fun, and he went to the shoe repair place. He presented the claim check. The owner went in the back, so just a minute, went into the back, and when he came back, he said, they'll be ready Thursday. <laughs> now that's patience. You gotta have patience to do that kind of thing. This is a parable about money, but it's really a parable about meaning, about investing your life, because meaning in life is derived from investing what you have in the lives of other people. That's where we get our meaning in life. You know, this parable has actually changed the English language because um, the original meaning of the word talent, a talent was simply the word for a unit of measurement. It had to do with a, a, a particular weight of a metal like silver or gold. But now, the word talent in our language has come to mean some ability or capacity that a person possesses. We talk about athletic talent or musical talent. So this is about money, but it's about more than money. Jesus is uh, basically telling a story of what would have been a fairly common occurrence in those days. A, a wealthy person, when they were going on a journey, and travel was far more precarious then than it is now. They never knew when or if they were going to come back. But they would often gather the servants, and they would give the servants responsibilities for various parts of the estate. Maybe one was in charge of the, the gardens or the trees or the vines, another the house, and various amounts of money. So Jesus is saying this. The servants are given responsibility, uh, and it's according to their ability. And so he lines them up there, and he gives them a job to do. Geddes McGregor has a book called He Who Lets Us Be. And his premise is this, that God shows his love for us as much in what he does not do for us as in what he does do for us. If your only understanding of divine compassion is that of a God hovering over you like a mother over an infant, then you're seeing only one aspect of God. The great writer Simone Weil said, creation was the moment when God ceased to be everything so that we humans could be something. God has self-limited God's power in the world to give us the opportunity to do our own work, to be partners with God in the work that's called the kingdom here. And um, that's one of the most important things. Anyone who's raised children knows that one of the most important dynamics is how involved are you in running the life of that child? How, when do you step back and let them do, make their own decisions and their own actions and do their own things? Thus, God's distancing is not a sign of desertion, but is an expression of a love that wills us to grow. Soren Kierkegaard loved paradox. And so he said, humans are exactly alike 
and totally different. We're exactly alike, and yet we're totally different. We have to hold those two things in tension with each other. The three servants in the parable, they're exactly alike, but they're totally different. And they are entrusted with different amounts of responsibility according to their ability. The one thing that you could accuse God of, I believe, is unfairness when it comes to spreading around talent. It's not equally distributed, is it? How many people watched the Warriors last night? Watch that game. Okay. So you got Steph Curry and Jonas Jerbico. Steph Curry scored 36 points, Jerbico, two points. That's okay, though, because Steph Curry makes $36 million a year, and Jerbico only makes a million. So it's not spread evenly, is it? Talent is not. And yet, the, jo- the job for every person is to do what you can with the talent that you have been given. And we all know that there are games in which it's the bench players, the players who don't play very much, that have saved the game at times for a team. So you you may only score two points, but that two may be the difference in the game. So every person's responsibility is to do what, what you can with what you have been given. The biggest mistake that people make is the one that I quoted a couple weeks ago when we looked at the parable of the wicked tenants. These tenants had rented a vineyard, and when the owner of the vineyard came for the rent, they killed the servants. They, they basically made the mistake of forgetting who owned the vineyard. They thought that they owned it. And any time we do that in our life, it, when we consider ourselves owners as opposed to stewards of what God has given us, then we make a huge, huge mistake. The Swiss watchmaker Patek, Patek Philippe has an advertising slogan that says, You never actually own a Patek Philippe. You merely take care of it for the next generation. The same could be said for our money, our time, our lives. We need someday to give account of what we did and what we were given. We won't be compared to other people because each person is different and is given different things. There's an old rabbinical tale that when you come and you face God at the seat of judgment, God will not ask you, why were you not Abraham? Why were you not Moses? The question will be, why were you not fully yourself? Fully yourself. Then there's the tough side of the parable. The guy who's only given one talent and didn't do anything with it. Jesus warns us about the tragedy of those who squander the opportunity that God gives to them. There are two ways to be unfaithful to God. One is to actively do things that God does not want you to do. Some people do that. But the other is to not do the things that God wants you to do. That's a subtler way and a more common way to be unfaithful, is to simply not do what God calls us to do in our life. The one-talent guy wasn't a bad guy who did bad things. He simply was a guy who did nothing at all. So for Jesus, not doing good things is just as bad as doing bad things. They're the equivalent. Scott Peck, in his book, The Road Less Traveled, says that inertia is the original sin. Inertia, 
the failure to, to do and to get going and to do things. That's why love is basically effort. Love is work. And so the last movement is from fear to faith. Why did the one-talent guy bury it? He tells you. He says, I was afraid. I was afraid that if I lost the money, that you would be angry. So he buried it. Nothing distorts our humanity quite as much as fear. It's what gets us into trouble as individuals and as a nation. The fear that there's not enough money, there's not enough food, there's not enough God's love to go around can be debilitating. That's why in the Bible, 356 times, we see the phrase, fear not. Fear is one of the greatest enemies of faith. God wants us to change that fear into faith in him. So the parable has two options, fear and play it safe or invest with reward. And then the other thing that we have to be reminded of, it says at the end that the one guy who was most successful, the talent is taken from the guy who buried it and given it to him. So what is the reward for doing good work? More work. That's the reward. Can, can you imagine, um, you're Tom Brady, you're a quarterback, you've just played a brilliant half of football. Can, would the coach ever come to you and say, you were so fantastic, you can sit out the second half. You don't have to play, because you were so good. No, the, the better you do, the more, the, the more you do. Hold on a second here. Um, um, and so, uh, basically, the reward for good work is more work. We need to know that and to understand that. That's what it's all about. The two servants who took a risk with what the master had left heard the words, well done. The only servant that didn't fare well was the one who played it safe, who was not willing to take a risk, to take a chance in life. When we see things from God's perspective, the only financial risk we truly face lies in not investing our money and our lives into what God has given us to do, his kingdom here on earth. Amen.